Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Dragging the Table. My name is DJ. I'll be your host. And today I have with me the one and only Delvin Cox. How are you doing today, Delvin? I'm doing good. How you doing today, brother? I'm doing really good. Um, glad to be working. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> have you been able to uh, work in these past few co- months of COVID time? I've worked through the whole thing. Yeah. Like, like I have not been off at all. So it's almost like I don't I almost don't feel it with except like the inconveniences of life, you know, having to wear a mask and not being able to go to certain places, but I've still worked through this entire thing full schedule. Yeah, me too. Like it's I I don't know if you felt like guilty at all, but like I at the beginning I was, you know, I was very like, "Oh man, I'm missing out on the vacation." And then, like three weeks in, I was like, "Ah, people are like really losing their jobs and not being able to get paid." Like, was there any of that at all, or were you just like, "Well, I'm just gonna put my head down and go"? <laughs> I kind of just felt kind of blessed, you know. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah. Usually, you kind of hate your job. Like most people, are like, oh, "I don't like my job," stuff like that. But then, when something like this happens, you're like, mm, "It's not so bad." <laughs> when you think about, it, like, there's so many people out there who don't have jobs and out of work is kind of make you appreciate the job that you have a, a lot more a lot more yeah yeah it's crazy because i clean pools for a living and it never seemed like a a big deal until i really did have a customer come out and be like thank you for coming and doing this this is like the only thing that we have that's you know it, it makes it seem like it's like we're going outside even though we're just going into our backyard like thank you for keeping it clean and i was like oh okay (laughs) like that that makes sense yeah i think people need some sort of normality in these times and going in your backyard to pool is that yeah it's uh yeah the little moments that you get that you can forget that there's you know everything is on fire outside is nice (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) So, all right, before we get in too deep, tell everyone where they can find you, who you are. <laughs> As you heard earlier, I'm Delvin Cox. Yeah. <laughs> I host the Delvin Cox Experience. It's a podcast about diversity and things like that. I also co-host a podcast called The PlayStation Experience, who've been driving me crazy today. So yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other story. Because <laughs> after this, I have to go hop on their podcast to go talk about the PS5 reveal and stuff. But yeah. I host two podcasts, man, the Delvin Cox Experience, the PlayStation Experience, and I'm also on a podcast called Game If You Don't Play. So if you want to check out any of those podcasts, check them out. They're pretty cool. Delvin Cox Experience, the flagship show, of course. That's my baby. That's the one I kind of put my heart and soul into. It's basically just an interview podcast where I talk to people and find out what makes them tick and talk about diversity and stuff. It's a pretty cool podcast. Uh, It's a great podcast. I'm glad I've found it over this past, I think, year or so. Um, but one of the oh. things you do that I want to turn around on you is the, uh, what is it? The top five questions or the five questions? Five for five. There five it is. Questions, five answers. So I've got my five questions and I got to tell you the fact that you do like custom questions for some people is, I don't think people appreciate it enough because all <laughs> yeah. day today I'm like, God, I think I'm only going to have three. Should I even do it? <laughs> <laughs> And a lot of times those questions come off the top of my head. Like, like straight up. Like 
Like in the moment or in the moment. <sighs> well, I've I got thought... <laughs> so used to doing it. It's like it comes like that to me. So, okay. My number one question is what is your go-to album? Like you ask the, uh, what's your favorite album of the year? I'm saying like when you're just like working and you need music on right now, like what is your like, all right, I can put this on, listen to the whole album. I'm good. Hmm, that's a good question. It, it, I guess it depends on the mood really with me. Like um, if I want to go like, I want to say probably Thriller, like Michael Jackson Thriller. If I want to just kind of go like classic stuff or if I want to go hip hop, it's usually either Nas, Illmatic, or DMX's first album. It's Dark and Hell is Hot. Man, I need to go back and listen to some old DMX. It's been since high I school. Love DMX. <laughs> Uh, I know, yeah, It's it always changes for me. I'm like a very, uh, as soon as I find somebody, I just go all in, and I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to listen to this person for like the next six months. Uh, and recently, it's been uh, Tyler, the creator, and kind of moving into Frank Ocean, just because I just found the Blonde album, and I can't believe, I cannot believe, I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, I have bad friends. Because they did not tell me about that album. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good album. Really good creative album. And I like all types of music. So sometimes I might listen to Anita Baker. Sometimes I might be listening to Journey all day. So <laughs> my taste is all over the place. All right. Question number two. The Okay. This I, I think will be interesting. Biggest Your biggest accomplishment as a child. As opposed to your biggest uh, mistake. <laughs> I have an interesting answer for this. In second grade, I actually named art gallery. You did what? I named art gallery. Really? Yeah. What was they it? had a contest in, in my school? Well, not in my school. Like I was like all elementary schools in Dade County, and you had to submit a name for art gallery. And if you won, they gave you like a little trophy, and then they gave you like grant money, but they credited <laughs> you for the name of the. Of like the school, the art gallery. And that, I called it Artworks, and I got picked. That's awesome. Did you give it a fun like W-O-R-X or just straight up Artworks? <laughs> just straight up Artworks. I wasn't that creative. <laughs> I, was, I was shocked that I won. I'm like, that won? Like, yeah, you won. You got to go to the, the art gallery, and they're going to give you an award and stuff like that. And it was pretty cool. I think they still call it that name today. I probably should, should get some money for that or something. Yeah. <laughs> I legit named the art gallery. Don't get anything for it. Put a, a oh, ribbon. That puts mine to shame because I was thinking, I'm like, what was my biggest accomplishment? And mine was actually graduating high school. I had the lowest grade point average you could have to graduate. That's, that's an accomplishment. That like, an accomplishment. I went to night school. I went to summer school for two years straight to be able to get to that level. <laughs> My brother was the same way. Yeah. He had no interest in school. He was just ready to get out and become a Marine. That was his thing. See, I he wasn't even that. I was ready to go out and just, you know, get high and not be at school. <laughs> and I, as soon as he graduated, he booked it out of here like didn't think twice about it <laughs> like all the way out of florida or just out of your just out, out of florida house. he was really? gone he um i think he got stationed in north carolina man 
That's awesome. He just came back, want to say, he was gone for about a good 15 years from Florida. He, he's been back like 10 years now, but he was gone for quite some time. Man, how much old is he older, you said? Five years older. Man. Me, my brother, and sister, all five years apart. Exactly. That's awesome. <laughs> and it's like wait. a stop watch with that. <laughs> <laughs> Did he come back of his own volition or was he forced back by the Marines? Oh, uh, he came back by his own volition because he wanted to become a cop. And he went up to Key was in California for a while. He's not going to never hear this. So I can tell this story. He was in California for a while. And he kind of married one of those kind of Valley California girls who were kind of sedity and stuff and high fashion. And they shortly after got a divorce. She took half his money and said, I'm coming back to Miami. <laughs> That's legit what happened. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also while he was out there, his first, like his first or second week out there, his Jeep got shot up by the, by a gang. Oh my God! I, if, I'm, if I remember the story correctly, he had a like a, a white and blue Jeep, and I think blood shot say. his Jeep, thinking he was a, in a gang. And him being a marine, always having a gun, he fired back, and they shortly realized, okay, this is not a gang member because he has pretty good shooting. <laughs> that's horrifying that is like most people's worst nightmare yes <laughs> it is jesus <laughs> all right yeah <laughs> all right question number three what is your favorite movie genre other than zombie apocalypse um action espionage action is action espionage or sci-fi Either one of those. Is action espionage exclusively uh, James Bond and that other guy? What's his name? Matt Damon. Uh, Jason Bourne? Yes. <laughs> I would say you can put Captain America in that. Like the second and third Captain America. You can put those type of movies in there. Like Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, that definitely. <laughs> Some aspects of uh, Civil War. Yeah. It's kind of espionage I guess they kidnapped uh, Ant Man, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like espionage. I like like Jason Bourne. I like um, James Bond, especially the Daniel Craig one. I know people are like, "Oh, he's not like the regular James." No, I like the fact that he's brutal and violent and more realistic than caviar <laughs> eating <laughs> the rest of the James Bond who are all too civilized for life. Yeah, I will say I fell off. I never was a fan of the old James Bond movies, um, and I know I. Sort of was the only reason I was a fan of the uh, Pierce Brosnan James Bond movie was because of the video game. Like I really didn't care. Yeah, about, yeah, great game. Um, and then Daniel Craig, yeah, like he it like it seemed like what James Bond always wanted to be, and just either couldn't or just didn't realize it up until that point. Because yeah, that's what you want to see: some dude just go nuts on the bad guys the whole time, not <laughs> somebody who looks like they can fight. And actually fight. Yeah. And actually can fight. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's see. Okay. Question number four. Are you a true Floridian like me? Or were you just called home like Chris Wetzke? <laughs> <laughs> I am a true Floridian. I was born and raised in Miami. Really? Not like Wetzke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, he's on vacation right now. I hope he's watching this and, uh, <laughs> I don't know. 
has thought about it. <laughs> so what was it like growing up in Miami? Like I had cousins that lived down there, but we only, I think maybe we only went to see them once when I was a kid. And that was, that was before hurricane Andrew. So oh, like, yeah, completely different Miami. <laughs> really? Yeah. Miami's fascinating, man. It's, um, it's so interesting because especially now, a lot of people who are in Miami aren't from Miami, whether they're from Cuba, cause they, they came over looking for a better life. Haiti, same same thing, or people who come from other states like New York. Like we have a lot of New Yorkers in Miami, really? a lot. <laughs> so when you go to like Heat games or Dolphin games, and the Knicks are there, like either they're playing against the Knicks or they're playing against the Jets, half the crowd will be cheering for the Dolphins, half the crowd will be cheering for the Jets, and it's a weird type of thing. But I've always enjoyed the fact that Miami has all the enmities of a big city, mm-hmm. but isn't as crowded as a normal big city. Like, it's not New York crowded or California crowded. It's, I want to say just right. Man, like, I, have you been to Tampa? Yes, I have. Well, how would you compare it as far as uh, you say Miami is not that crowded? How would you compare Tampa to Miami as far as being, Tem- yeah, crowded? Tampa seems slower. Really? Seems a little slower paced. It seems like Miami always has something going on. Oh, really? Like always, like this, like you can always find a party or a club to go to if you're in that type of thing. If you're not in that type of thing, it's always something to do. Whether it's restaurants, whether it's festivals, they are constantly putting stuff out there for people to do. So it's interesting in that way. Like clubs down here don't close to like <laughs> two, three a.m., and then even after they close. People just hang out, so you don't want to see cars out at four a.m. in the morning. Are you still out there at four a.m. in the morning? <laughs> nah, if I'm out there at four a.m. when I'm going to work or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I know it used to be like that here in well, and that's the thing. Like in all of Tampa, everything was kind of uh, distilled down to Ybor City, so there was stuff going on, but it. Once you started getting out of Ybor City, it just got diluted immediately. And now we've gotten to the point to where they've stopped closing the roads down like years ago. Because that used to be the thing. Like freaking Club Row, whatever road it was. They would just close all the roads down. And then you could just be in the road walking. And uh, it was it was a crazier time, it seemed like, when I was a kid. And now it's just like, I don't know. I, cu- I couldn't imagine what it's like to go there now. Like just walking on the sidewalk. Like, okay. <laughs> It's uh... <laughs> it, it's so interesting going outside of Miami, just going to Central Florida in general, like going to um, City Walk in Orlando mm-hmm. and seeing how people like do the nightlife there. I'm like, this is so weird. <laughs> this looks like like fake. It looks like how people are doing <laughs> TV shows, like the club vibe and TV. Like, this isn't real. <laughs> Dude, the crazy part to me about Florida is I forget. I've lived here my whole life, and sometimes I still forget like how you can just go five miles outside of a city, and then it's just farm country. There's yeah. just like one house every 25 miles, and you're like, what is this place? Like, I live here and don't really know anything about it. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that it's like that and how you can go to certain areas and just go fishing. Yeah, 
<laughs> like it's <laughs> like but me and my stepdad used to um every month we'd go out to the Everglades and go fishing in. A lot of times when we're out there, we'd be fishing quietly, relaxing and stuff, talking, and we'll just see a big old alligator just walk up right by us. No. See, how? <laughs> <laughs> and it's so weird because it's like, do we run? Do we hop in the car and leave? I think, And it's just staring at us. Dude, that's the thing about any reptile, any lizard, anything, is I don't see how people can be okay with them because they're just... In my mind, there's no way to know. Like, when it's walking past you, if an alligator just suddenly flipped to the side and tried to grab at you, of course it did. Like, how would you tell if it didn't notice you or not? Like, <laughs> it's just a an expressionless lizard. It's horrifying. Very much so. <laughs> like, and I've seen a lot of them. Like, that's weird to say, but that's something you see in Florida. Not necessarily in the city, but... Yes, in the city. Like, I... So I said at clean pools, like some of them are by retention ponds and we just live by alligators. They're just, oh, so you're screwed. Dude, they just are, they'll just be sunning themselves right in neighborhoods where kids are playing, dogs are running around and they're just like, oh, well, we just don't go near and it's fine. Like, But what about when it's not fine anymore? Because <laughs> it's eventually yeah. not going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> what we had have a lot down here at one point. For some reason, bears were getting constantly loose and being found in residential neighborhoods. Bears in Miami and coyotes. Yeah, I've heard of coyotes, but not bears. <laughs> like a random bear. Like you hear it like at least once or twice a year. Like, oh, this bear is in somebody's house. Like, is it Yogi? What's going on? I feel like that is a zoo uh, that doesn't keep up the books. You know, they're just like, uh, where is Yogi? Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> He's probably in another cage and just escaped. Like, I don't. I don't know if you. Rem- I don't Go. know if you remember this, but um, after Hurricane Andrew, Monkey Jungle lost a lot of his monkeys. So they are like a lot. Like even now, if you go around that area, you'll see random monkeys hanging around. No, Can because I- they just live there now. Can I tell you, monkeys scare me more than lizards. Like, they are like, I, I, I don't even know how to describe it. They, they are the biggest of the wild cards, I feel like, because they yeah. can tear your face off, and they can do it because you smile at them, because we think smiling's okay. And then they're like, oh, your teeth? Ah! <laughs> yeah, that is very true. <laughs> monkeys, a little wild. <laughs> A little wild. Like, I know you saw, I feel like everyone's talked about it, but the monkey wars that are going on overseas or wherever in like Indonesia or whatever it is. Dude, that's banana. It's, you know, pardon the pun, bananas. It's it's bananas. That's fine. All right. So here's question number five Uh, Who is a guest that you'd like to have on your show that might surprise people? Hmm. There's a few that might surprise people. Well, I say a few. I mean, there are a lot. <laughs> oh, really? Donald Trump is one. <laughs> I that would be that, a fascinating talk. I would love after that. he's finished with his presidency. Well, after he finishes the <laughs> office and he can legally say what he wants to say, that will be a fascinating conversation. Because I am going to ask him a thousand and one questions. <laughs> <laughs> but are you going to do it on live and let people uh, submit questions? <laughs> I'm definitely doing that. <laughs> That is 100% what I'm doing. 
Uh, so Donald Trump, man, I don't know if I could do it without, I, I think it would just devolve into really all of it. <laughs> like, yeah, I, but that's the, it, I've said this before and I'm saying it again. When he, I can't wait till he's out of office because the documentary about him out of office and everything that happened that they could talk about is going to be incredible. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. So what would be your number, so you've thought about this clearly, what would be your number one question that you would want him to answer, truthfully, I guess, if you could? How much of this, everything he'd done, was real, and how much of it was that? In terms of, like, I, the thing about Trump that I think is interesting is, I think that a lot of the stuff he says he really doesn't mean, but he says it because he knows it riles up his base. Because I don't know if people remember this. Trump used to be a Democrat. Yeah. For a long time. A long time. <laughs> so it's like, I don't think you just lose those values like that. If he ever had them to begin with. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's... And, he is probably one of the he's probably the most unorthodox Republican in history. Uh yeah, I think that's a very <laughs> understatement for him. Uh, well, and it's it's so weird the weird thing about him is that I I think that the answer that he would give you I, I don't know what you would consider a shocking answer to that, but I think his answer would shock you because I think his answer would be that it is mostly to all real it was 100% like he was just like, I just said the thing and then let it happen because I have my, you know, th this is going to sound bad for my boss, but my boss kind of has the same approach to things. Yeah. The same kind of temperament. Like he's not, you know, he's not a racist, but he's like, it's, I've worked, okay, let me put it this way. I've worked for this guy for about like 15 years and I've seen a lot of people come and go because when he gets mad, like he becomes focused and he will like pick you apart in a way that you were not really ready for. And most people cannot, you know, including myself, like I've quit there before <laughs> because my <laughs> ego was fragile, but it's, uh, I don't know. Like I almost see Donald Trump and recognize what he's doing and I think the thing that a lot of people feel, I would imagine, is like, why does everyone keep falling for this? Like, he's yeah. clearly doing something, and everyone is just playing right into his hands every time. It's, it's fascinating because there are moments when I think he shows his genuine self, and it's almost uncharacteristic. Like, even with the George Floyd thing, when, he, when that first situation situation happened, he came out and like said, this is awful. I'm terribly sorry this happened. We're going to get to the bottom of this. He will, justice will be. That's the first thing he said. People just gloss over that because of all the BS he said after. But <laughs> the, the first thing he kind of said was, this is a terrible tragedy. We're going to get to the bottom of it. We're going to figure this out. We're going to fix this. Those were his first statements. I mean, that's a, people should take some solace in that that he saw the same video that we all saw and was clearly horrified because no one told him to write that like we all know yes. nobody's <laughs> writing his tweets for him uh so you know 
I know no one likes Trump. Like, I don't like Trump, but it's like, I, I like that you knew that because I had no idea about that. I, I the only thing, the only, tw- I try not to focus on his Twitter at all, uh, unless it for some reason becomes extra big news. Like the last, the old man that got pushed over that he's like, well, yeah. he fell harder than he was pushed. What? <laughs> he could have been an Antifa, <laughs> whatever. It's like, all right, man. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird because. He he almost if you watch him, he almost does this with almost every serious issue like this in terms of like he will come out and say the right response and then immediately take it back and say something incredibly wild and offensive. Like even when the whole what was it um Charlottesville thing happened, mm-hmm. uh, was people that forget the... about his first statement. What was it? His first, first statement? statement was like good. He was like, this is a terrible tragedy. This shouldn't have happened. We're going to look into it. And then a couple of hours later, that's when he came back and said, no, no, no. They will get people on both sides. <sighs> people forget that he came out earlier, like right after that happened, and said like a good statement. And then hours later, he just did the exact opposite. So yeah, I don't know. So what? So why do you think that that happens? Like, do you think that that is his his initial real feelings coming out to begin with and then yes. him being talked to. And then for some reason he's like, all right, I can't be on one side or the other. I have to be in the middle. Like- I think two things happen. I think with him, I think he'll give us initial thoughts and then he won't get the response that he wants. Mm. Then he'll just go completely to the other side, to the base that wants him to give that response that he gives. Like in terms of how, the George Floyd that he came out and said, this is atrocious, this is horrible, whatever he said. And then people weren't reacting the way he wanted them to react. People were like, oh, you're a piece of crap, you caused this, this is your fault. So then he doubles back and says, no, 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 no. I'm going to go all the way the opposite direction now. So, I, so at least my base will support me. Like It's crazy that he fostered that response from the media, from the citizens, and now that he's basically made it impossible for himself to be genuine, and now, like, hearing that, hearing what you said makes sense. So he's basically made it impossible for himself to be genuine and then gets mad, (laughs) or at least gets, like, huffy, like, I'm not getting as many likes as I wanted on this. I know what to do. (laughs) Yeah, that's essentially what it is, because he's built a base that likes him to be edgy, semi-racist, and controversial. So when he does anything that's less than that, his base is like, what are you doing? (laughs) To me, I think the worst thing that will come out of the Trump presidency, at at least this is my speculation as of this moment. God knows what will happen in the next week that will make me regret saying this. But I think the biggest the worst thing that is going to come out of this is what is what the future looks like for the president. Will we even have a president? <laughs> like, what are you going to have to do? How sensational are you going to have to be to become president now? And will we even still want that in the future? I, I think that whoever takes the office next, whether it's Joe Biden or whoever it may be, their whole goal should be normality. 
Because I think it's getting to the point where sick of, people are sick and tired of the president of the United States being the headline in every article every day like a Kardashian. Well, I mean, this is exactly what a lot of people wanted. They were like, we don't want a president that just hides in the shadows and we only find out what they've done after they've done it. And this is this is that. <laughs> yeah, but it, the thing about it is it takes over every aspect of our lives. And, it, and it's made like, like there was a time where people would say two things. We don't talk about politics. We don't talk about religion. We don't have those conversations. It was because of these situations like this where people are so divided. And unfortunately, because of Trump, they're both in full display for better or worse. And it's like, oh, if you don't like Trump, then you don't like God. Oh, if you don't agree with this, then you're a Trump supporter. No, there are levels. People are complex. There are different levels of people. You can be a Democrat and agree with some conservative issues, and you can be a conservative and agree with some Democrat issues. The problem now is that they're literally at this point where they're like, you got to pick a side now. Either you're a Democrat or you're a Republican. There is no middle ground. And then the libertarians are like, hey, we're here. We're kind of the middle ground. They're like, shut up. You don't yeah. matter. <laughs> or just pat them on the head and be like, that's cute. <laughs> it's so it's so weird that how our country's gotten within four years. Well, what, what I think is the craziest of it all is that on a one-to-one level, like once you get out of the political realm and you just are talking to people like you and I talking, we can be on different sides of the political spectrum and we can still agree. Like we can come together and be like, all right, I might agree with, I don't know, no abortions. You might agree with no guns, but somehow we can come to the middle and, oh, okay, this is like a happy medium. Like how has it become impossible like that's what I feel yeah. like is on display is the impossibility to, for anyone to even make an attempt. Like the people that are supposed yeah. to be representing us are, you wouldn't accept what is going on from our representatives from a kindergarten class. And yet we're like, well, we can't put in any, put in anyone new. What? what? Yeah. It's so fascinating. What America has devolved to, to politics because you have one side who is kind of, I don't want to say preachy, but they almost have preachy elements to them in terms of like, you can't do this, you have, you can't do that. You have to respect everything. You have to respect everyone. You have to do the right things in life. Then you have this other side who is like, uh, we got to we gotta win, and that's our only goal, and we don't care what we say, who we offend. We're going to play dirty pool if we have to, and we don't care if we break the rules a little bit. That's your problem. And what's crazy? And the other side is... You it's, can instead ask. Of saying, Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the other side, I'm like, hey, they're not playing fair. And everybody's like, well, so. <laughs> yeah. And depending on what side of the aisle you fall on, your your nondescript description, the either side could be like, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about when you say that. And they're like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I know who's on my side and who's not, who's just out for themselves, which I don't know. The, the, for the, I stopped paying attention to politics for so long that I thought I never would again. And that's what, that is what president Trump has done for me is brought me back into like paying attention to politics again. And the thing that I've noticed more than anything is I actually, once you get up to the higher levels, 
I don't think you really can see much of a difference between Republicans or Democrats. Like, I think if you Very took true. if you took the R and the D away, you wouldn't really know who was speaking. Just, I want you to think about something, because I've been thinking about this quite often for a while. A president got impeached this year, and that is not even the biggest story of the year. That's not even the probably the second biggest story of the year. It may be the third, fourth, or fifth biggest story of this year thus far. Right next to a whole continent catching on fire. <laughs> yes. Let's see. We had Australia catch on the fire. We had Kobe Bryant dying in a tragic helicopter accident. We had a a plague literally hit the, hit the, the world like Walking Dead style. <laughs> and don't forget, we almost went to World War Three over Twitter. <laughs> yes. All, all, it was almost World War Three. And then on top of that, now we have rioting and protests all across the world right now. Which is crazy in itself. Like, who... I feel like everything, all of this COVID nonsense, like, led us uh, perfectly into a sustained protest uh, for, you know, for everything that's been going on. Because, you know, I can't remember if you were... I heard you saying it today i just listened to your episode with uh, autumn autumn the aries right yeah that's right. her name yeah and uh it's <sighs> i lost my whole point the the <laughs> we <laughs> we you know what i mean like we sustained what what was i going to say dang it because everybody's at home essentially <laughs> well that's what she was saying is you know instead of dying after a week uh, you know, like most of this goes, like every time there's a, a senseless death or murder uh, by the police, it's everyone's thinking about it. And then there's something else crazy. Australia, Australia is now on fire. Uh, well, now there's been nothing and we can we can see the clear path where we need to go. And we see that these protests are making a difference, uh, not just here, but all over the world. So yes. I don't know. All across the world, racist statues are being torn down, yeah. whether they want them to come down or not. <laughs> I saw Christopher Columbus in a lake today. <laughs> yeah, I was not disappointed in it at all. <laughs> and it's not even I'm even mad at Christopher Columbus because, yeah, he was a jerk, but it's like, what did he really do for us? <laughs> like, when you, the history of America is a lot of BS. Like, Christopher Columbus didn't discover America. Why are we celebrating him? <laughs> Because he was the last one to discover America before we all came over here. <laughs> it's, it's the equivalent of celebrating some guy who, who went to Disney World last. Oh, you went to Disney World last? You're the last person to get in? We need to build you a statue. <laughs> what are you doing? So, how are you doing, Delvin? <laughs> now? Like, I'm in general. Pretty good, actually. <laughs> now, I've stood over, I've yelled about white people for weeks now. So I'm, <laughs> I'm quite fine now, I think. I'm, I'm doing a lot better than I have been doing. That's a good thing, I, even though I saw that video today with all the celebrities and their white guilt. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that. Please, because I was going to bring it up, but I was like, I don't know. I just saw it crop up, so I didn't know if you had seen it yet. Please so tell the people what it was and give me your thoughts on it, because I would love to hear them. <laughs> It was the second most ridiculous video I've seen in these past weeks of white guilt over 
racism that apparently none of these white people knew was happening. Like they just found out yesterday, racism <laughs> exists in America. You gotta be kidding me! No one's done anything about this. <laughs> uh, why? <laughs> so, so now they just come together like the racism Avengers and do this. <laughs> we are the world talk with it. Like we understand what our guilt. <laughs> like <sighs> we're gonna be better with racism. Like no, that's not the point. We don't want your apologies at this point. They're not rioting and boycotting because they want you to say, oh, our bad. We didn't know racism exists. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not why this is happening. <laughs> Just play that video at all the protests and the riots and it'll be fine. Because what were they, they saying? Like, I, get her out there, they give say? somebody a Pepsi, yeah. and it's over. Because <laughs> <laughs> what were they saying? They were like, I, I wish I had it in front of me. They were like, I accept. They were like, what is it? I take responsibility, something like that. Because what were yeah, they saying? Because really it sounds like I, listen, I don't know what it's like. I, I don't know. I only know what my experience is. But when I, as a white guy, see stuff like that, like, I just put my head in my hands. And I'm like, please, no. Like, someone, this is going to go viral. And then people are going to see me and be like, hey, man, did you see what those, uh, see what your buddies did? Like, no, nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's so stupid. Not I'll tell you why it's stupid because these are not people who are broke. No, these are millionaires. You literally have money to fix this. You can take your money and say, "Hey, all of us are going to donate a hundred thousand dollars, a million dollars here, a million dollars there to some black charity to help out with whether with Black Lives Matter or whatever you want to donate it to to help stop systemic racism." But they decided to say, nah, we're going to do an ad. <laughs> That's just basically saying, whoops, and I'm sorry. And by the way, on the heels of all of this Harvey Weinstein stuff that's been happening, like how that's the that's the other like just patronizing part of it, I feel like. Because they're like, whoa, we only thought it was women. Wow. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> like, it's, it's so weird because it's like they just, it's like somebody just said, all right, I know you were Jesse Pinkman in Breaking Bad, but we have to tell you this. America has racism. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it's shocking. <laughs> but America has racism, and you have to fix it. How can I fix it? Come sit down and do this video for us. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I don't know if you noticed this, but to me, the top tier of cringe for this whole video is you can see their eyes scanning the the paper that they are yes. reading because they're all reading off of the same script which is like hey guys give me a break like you can't even just be like say anything from the heart anything Cry. that would have worked a lot better <laughs> that would have worked far more better if they would they wouldn't do ads on racism first of all they should have had a black person involved in this some <laughs> black guy should have sat there and said hey this is not what you should do this is what you should do because clearly this was thought out by all white people. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, cl I mean, it was all... I didn't watch the whole video, to be quite honest. I, I only got halfway through before I was like, I think I've seen it. Uh, but there, do you know, was there... It was just all white? It must have been, right? Because they were all taking yes. responsibility. So it would have been weird if a black guy was on there, a black <laughs> woman was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been Terry Crews. Yeah, <laughs> he should have been, been the end of the video taking responsibility. This ad was paid for by me, Terry Crews. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so weird because 
I would have appreciated it more if they would have spoken from the heart. Like it wasn't something that was written down or prepared. And I would even appreciate it even more if it was people who have done horrible things. Who like Mel Gibson. Done? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like if it was Mel Gibson or Mark Wahlberg. What did Mark Wahlberg who, do? You didn't hear the story about him? Like, whew, this is a while back. He actually got arrested for like a hate crime. What? Yeah, when he was like, what did I say he was in high school or something like that? Or college? A hate? So what did he do? Or do? Well, yeah, what did he do? <laughs> he beat up. I don't want to get the race wrong. I think it was a Korean man. Almost like half to death. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. Google it. It's really, really bad. That's crazy, especially considering I feel like the last thing I heard about Marky Mark was everyone just freaking. They're like, he gets up at 7 a.m. and he works out all day and he's just such a great guy. I've never heard that. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, what was I going to tell you? <clears throat> oh, uh, I think a great example. Uh, do you ever do you watch the show uh, Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj? On, uh, on I Netflix, yet, I heard it's good, man. I'm telling you, I'll send you a link to. I think it's the second to last episode that he put out, and it was on George Floyd, and it was. I think the I think it was only like an eight minute episode, but I gotta tell you, like there that, and I'll put a, I'll actually put a link to it in the show notes too for anyone who wants to see it. That is how you make that. Uh, this isn't an I'm sorry video. This is a speaking from the heart video, uh, or a, I guess a, it's an episode of his show that it, it, if you don't, I don't, I'll just speak for myself. I was emotional by the end of it. Like it, it was basically his call to everyone that, you know, we need to hold ourselves and the police accountable for what is happening. <clears throat> Excuse me. What's happening right now. And basically is screaming at you the the viewer which to me like speaks volumes to like who has a platform like he does where he gets a weekly show on netflix where he can basically mother f everybody who is not doing what they should be uh i, I don't I think know that's important i think that's the right way to do it honestly if you're gonna speak out against racial injustice and things like that and you have a platform like that that's the way to do it I don't know, you know who's like done a, it better. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to do it. Even if you don't like, even if you're one of these high class celebrities who don't want to give money, that is the best way to do it. If you're like a, um, I can't, see, I'm thinking of Jay Leno, but Jay Leno hasn't been a, <laughs> like a talk show host in forever. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who's a talk show host that's current. Jimmy Fallon. Conan, uh, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. If you're one of those guys, why not have somebody on who talks to who knows about black issues? Have him talk about it on your show. That gets millions of listeners and viewers. That's how you make change. Do a week of shows where you just have nothing but black entertainers and actors on and just have them talk about how they felt when they saw the George Floyd thing. There's a lot of ways you can reach out and show that you support black people without being pandering. Yeah, well, I will say, like, you know, it's it's. Even when I asked you to be on the show, like I was like, is he gonna think I'm asking him to be on the show because all this stuff happened? Because like I, you know, I wanted you on the show anyway, and then you know the world got set on fire because a guy killed another guy on film, and I was like, okay, well, 
I had already planned on it. It would be weird to not because of this. Uh, yes. So I got to imagine there's, you know, maybe I'm just projecting my own awkward feelings. Well, I've been on a lot of shows because of this very issue. I have been on <laughs> multiple shows because they were like, hey, I don't know any black guys. Delvin, I think he's black. <laughs> Let me call him up. <laughs> How does okay? You know what? What do you think about that? Like, I, yeah. What do you think about that? Like getting uh, the out like of the blue it. phone calls. <laughs> I like it because I've always made myself approachable, and if I can go out there and teach somebody something that something that they didn't know, and help them from doing stupid stuff, I'm all for that. Like, people. A lot of people want to ask me questions about race and how to handle situations. And I'm fine with that. I think people take that too seriously in terms of like, oh, don't ask me doing this stuff. You didn't want to talk to black people 20 weeks ago, but now you want to talk to us now? No, sometimes you have to teach people about things like that they don't know about. Like some people don't understand the whole concept of race. Some people don't understand why, hey, maybe you probably shouldn't say all lives matter at this time. You know, of course all lives matter. Yeah. But at the same time, right now, we're not talking about all lives. People are not gunning down all lives. Yeah. There's nobody who's sitting there saying, hey, I'm going to kill all lives right now. <laughs> There's not a genocide group out there. Right now, black people were being targeted. That's the problem. That's what we've been seeing constantly for years now. It's not even, it's before Trump, it's before Obama, forever now, this has been an issue. And I think that. After all this time, it just boiled up to a boiling point where people just couldn't take it anymore. And I think it's hard to explain that for white people to understand it because, a lot, let's face it, you guys don't have the same problems we have, just like we don't have the same problems you guys have. Certain things that may be horrible to you guys, detrimental, we might be like, oh, that's just a Tuesday to us. And same thing for you guys. Like, to us, when we get pulled over by a cop, we're like, oh, shit. What's going to happen? We got we get nervous. We get scared. We don't know what's going to happen. You guys like, please hurry this up so I can go home. Stop inconveniencing me. And I think that's one of the biggest problems we have in terms of we shouldn't be scared when we see cops who are here to serve and protect us. But that's how we are. I It's... It's funny because it's it's the it's the thing of like you need to go through something to understand it and you know I I I wasn't necessarily that flippant with cops before but uh when I was 19 <clears throat> I was arrested I was arrested uh by I was in a black neighborhood I got arrested by a black cop and with like it was there were six cops total Black and Latino, all of them. And I had uh, one of the guys, as I'm already in the back of the car. By the way, I got arrested for basically loitering. Uh, and I'm in the back of the cop car. The guy is looking through my wallet. And uh, he turns his back to me and is talking to his buddy and turns back around and comes up to the to the door, opens it up. I'm in handcuffs. And he's like, is this your dope? And he shows me a joint. Now... This was not my joint. I hadn't smoked weed in years at this point. And I was like, what? No. <sighs> Just screaming like, what is going on? And it's like, I, I, now when you see, you know, when you hear somebody like George Floyd say like, I can't breathe. It's very easy to say, oh, well, he could say it. So clearly he, uh, you know, he could breathe a little bit. 
when I when my hands were cuffed, they were cuffed so tight that I couldn't. I lost feeling in my left hand and like my middle ring and pinky finger for I don't know six or seven hours, even after the cuffs came off. And I knew though from watching uh, cops, don't ever tell them the cuffs are too tight or they'll get tighter. Uh, so when I hear, you know, when I hear someone say getting arrested and saying like, I didn't do it, I, I can't, these cuffs are too tight that whatever it is, like you, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if I would have believed them if I hadn't gone through it myself, but it's just, I, I don't know. It's one of those things, I guess. I, I don't know. It's crazy. I think uh, people are making this a black issue, which it definitely is, but Every American should be watching this and thinking to themselves, like, today is black people. How much longer it is before it's one of us? Yeah, no, I mean, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's a power issue. It's an issue where you have people who are in power who probably shouldn't be in power and who have too much power. And that's why you're seeing some of the responses that you're seeing where friendly protests turn violent because the cops are beating the crap out of people during the protest. It's a, it's definitely a power struggle. It's something that any American, whether you're Republican or Democrat, should look at and say something is wrong with this issue. We can't let this country become a police state. We can't let police or anybody have too much power in this country. I think it, the whole thing should be balanced. And right now, when it comes to police officers and law enforcement, they have too much power. They have the ability to do things like plant drugs on you just to get a conviction. You said you haven't spoken in a while. That wasn't your joint. Yeah. <laughs> but they felt like it was okay to, hey, nobody's going to believe this guy when it, when it comes compared to us. And that's a big problem. When you have a criminal justice system that automatically assumes because a person is wearing a badge, they are truthful and they are doing truthful things. That's a problem. It's, the system is supposed to be set up where it's innocent until proven guilty. But that's not really what it is. It's kind of like, hey, you're guilty if this cop says you're guilty unless you can prove yourself innocent. Yeah. And a lot of times, the only way you can prove yourself innocent is if you have a lot of money and a lot of time. And a lot of people don't have money or time. No, and it's it's a... To bring up the Patriot Act again, like <clears throat> he had an episode on the corruption of the police, and the main thing that he talked about was the police unions. And you, <clears throat> the police unions are basically the the shield for the police. Like there is there is no doubt about it. Like they are. I don't understand how you know any of the anyone in the police union or, or that is a representative of the union can sleep at night. And then you look at, you know, things like how Amy Klobuchar, uh, you know, pardoned that guy or whatever it was, uh, the, the, whatever that guy's name is, uh, Derek, what is his name? The guy that killed George Floyd, who cares? But piece of garbage. Yeah. She, she had pardoned him. Like all this shows is like, it's not just a police problem. It is like from the top down problem. Because yes. it's not, it wasn't, uh, I imagine it wasn't an exception to the rule that they were like, ah, I know you have 12 infractions uh, or complaints or whatever it is, but continue on. Nobody else wants to be a police officer, so we'll just let you continue going out there and uh, terrorizing the neighborhood. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really, 
scary and sad that like people in power have these get out of jail free cards in terms of like, hey, you do something wrong, we'll just pardon you or make it go away. And the people never hear about it again. Like, imagine if these cops were held to a higher standard. And when they do stuff like this, they would get arrested or reprimanded or stuff like that. We probably have a lot fewer cases of police brutality than what we have. George Floyd probably would still be alive. You think of, uh, I just said it uh, on another podcast, on my other podcast, The Untrained Eye. Uh, But you saw how the UFC came in, or the UFC had that governing body come in and, uh, you know, crack down on steroids. And all of a sudden, you know, you had people policing themselves in the way of like, oh, I noticed this guy that used to be huge and jacked is like half the size he normally was. So before (laughs) he got popped, he, you know, got off everything so that he wouldn't. And I think you can apply that same logic to the police. (laughs) Like make it so horrifying, make the, make the penalty so bad that it would be just what you wouldn't be able to come back from it. And, you know, they'll weed themselves out. I've said it before. And I think this is something they should really consider doing. Make it a hate crime. What do you mean? If you, like a straight up hate crime. Like if you kill a minority or anybody of any other race and they can, they can prove that you maliciously did it because of their race, you get a certain amount of years, like 20 years to life. It's considered a hate crime. Yeah, I mean, I just, it's funny because I, I was, when you said that, if you could prove it, uh, that it was malicious. And the thing I just thought about was you see so much stuff on Twitter or Instagram. You think some of it's fake. Uh, but the thing that I saw that was real was the, there was on like a, a on one of the marching or, or the protest routes or something. They had all these Trump supporters that in their yard had set up all of these like banners and whatever. And they're like, you know, we don't kneel for anyone and had like a mock, like a guy kneeling on another guy just yelling at these protesters, like Trump forever, George Floyd, you know, he's not a martyr. He's nothing, whatever. And it's like, okay, well, like now that we have all of these people on video forever, like that guy, that, that group of, you know, 10 or however many people that were in this dude's yard, uh, you know, there's your proof now. Like, everyone is going to have proof of everything now. Yeah, I think even the whole George Floyd incident, where you have a police officer leaning on someone's neck well after, pretty much after they're dead, that shows malicious. That shows malice. That should be a open and shut case. Like, people are saying, hey, he can't. he's saying he can't breathe. People are telling you he can't breathe, and you still are going. That's a problem. That's a huge that problem. That can be shown as a hate crime, like in turn, especially if you look at this officer's past history. Like he's done other things that are very suspect. Well, he had I I have not looked into it. I've only heard people say it, but he had up to like twelve complaints or charges or whatever that were filed against him, which is strange in itself that 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 information is even available because you know unions make it to where. Uh, a lot of times that information basically gets scrubbed away every six months or so. So it seems odd that that's even, you know, good, but odd that it's even available. Yeah. If I'm correct, he killed another kid. I think he he shot a Latino kid. 
like a while back, and they got off of that. Yeah, it w- and that is the thing. You hear that. Anyone who hears that is either speechless or dumbfounded, and you can't you can't then turn around and be like, I don't understand why these protests are turning into riots. Like, listen, you can go with the best of intention. You can go with the best of intention, and if one person, you know, decides it's time to, you know, I don't know, go the next step, I, you could just have that thought in your mind of that kid that was killed senselessly, I'm sure, because he was a child, and will fuel you to go go past peaceful, I would imagine. Yeah, I think that look at all these stories. I know there's two sides to everything with the riots in terms of like, okay, you see police officers attacking civilians and people peacefully protesting. You're seeing rioters getting out of hand and doing criminal acts. But it makes you wonder, like, how did it get this far? And why did people want to act now that it got this far? Like, all those Confederate statues and those statues of racists should have been taken down. This, you shouldn't wait to take it down now that you've got caught with racism. Yeah. It shouldn't be like, oh shit, they caught us in racism. <laughs> Let's get this stuff down before they notice. No. The NFL should not be putting out statements but like, yeah, maybe racism is bad. Yeah. <laughs> now when Colin Kaepernick has been saying it for years and cost him his job, like, this should not be a thing. It's, it's silly to say it, but that's what's happening now. We're finally getting results because people are tearing up shit in the street. People are like, oh shit, they threw up Target. <laughs> we got we got to do something quick. Like, why? This been done <laughs> yeah. a long, long time ago. Like it's the, the it's the thing of like what else when there are no other options. What else are you supposed to do? Like I agree with I think the majority of people that you know let's not tear down all the small businesses of people that are never going to recover. Too. But it's like, yeah, you hear that. You hear of a target going down, and I don't know. Like, you don't want people to get hurt, obviously, because if someone's just working at Target, yeah, they don't deserve to get their legs broken or die or whatever. But if we're going to, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else you would do. Like, what is anyone, what would, what would be, that would be my question to anyone who says that, you know, burning down a target is too much. I would be like, well, then what is correct? Because I don't know. <laughs> People are listening because targets protested. are on fire. <laughs> when they peacefully protested, they told them, stop doing that. That's wrong. <laughs> when NFL players were kneeling, they said, you're being un-American. Stop doing that, too, even though the NFL players are from America. I don't know how that even <laughs> works. Like, you're from this country. You were born here. <laughs> like unless you're some kind of sleeper cell agent, why would you be an American? <laughs> like it's so it's such a weird concept that I never got with people. Like black people are from America. We <laughs> love this country. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. You know, loving America is not white exclusive. <laughs> like, <laughs> like not only white people. I'm white, so I love America. That's not how that works. <laughs> well, the only thing that I've ever been to, uh, as far as Colin Kaepernick goes, like. I I would imagine the first day or the first game that he kneeled, I could imagine there were a lot of people that were like, all right, relax. Celebrities do this kind of stuff all the time, and then they forget about it in a week. So whatever. Talk to me in a week if you're still out here kneeling. And then he was still out there kneeling. 
And my point, even at the time, was like, he doesn't have to do this. Like, he doesn't have to make his life a, a walking misery for all t- eternity because of this. He's choosing to do it anyway. <laughs> and the funniest thing about it is, I've been to many basketball games, <laughs> many football games. Anytime the national anthem comes on, people are going to the food court <laughs> and the bathroom. So why do you even care? I have not. I have seen so many times the national anthem come on and everybody just goes to the bathroom. The food or the food court's empty. They don't get food. Like, like really? Come on! Like, now you want to respect the national anthem? Well, I think the question that people should have been asking instead of just telling. Colin Kaepernick, he's, you know, you're being disrespectful. You're disrespecting our country and our flag. What they should have been asking is, why are you disrespecting our flag? Like, you feel like you have to do this. Why? (laughs) Like, again, he didn't have to. Why did you choose to make yourself a target? Yeah. And that's it. (laughs) How is that disrespectful? Like, you're kneeling. Let's be honest. It's... (laughs) People kneel every day. <laughs> well, and that well, the thing was is I, you know, I have a buddy who was uh, in the military, and that was his initial stance was like he's disrespecting the flag. And I was like, you know, just recently when all of this has come up again, I'm like, listen, why would you not see someone disrespecting the flag in that way? They're not burning it. They're not putting it on the ground and pooping That's on it. Like they are. In my in my eyes, still showing reverence to the flag, but doing something obscure, and why not even w- touching the flag? Right, <laughs> and I, you know, I will say it in his to his credit, like he was like, I never really, because I said to him what I said to you, like, why wouldn't you ask him why he's doing that? If you think he's disrespecting the flag, ask him why he's disrespecting the flag. He was like, oh, I never really thought about it that, like that. I just saw, because he went to war, he's done his tours, and he's like, I, when I see someone doing that, I think of, you know, my time in Iraq. And I was like, but you're here now. <laughs> like, yeah. things aren't great here. And he was trying to bring it to our attention uh, however many years ago, and here we are. <laughs> and for people who, for, for people who says I'm un-American, fuckers, my brother was a Marine for 10 plus years. My uncle was a, in the in the Army for 20 years. My best friend was also in the Army for several years and has PTSD. I can't talk to him for shit because he's like everywhere. Dude, I mean, it's I, I don't know how it affected him, PTSD, but I've known people now with it. And it's uh it, I don't know. It's another, I feel like it's another one of those things that you just hear and it doesn't really register until you are directly affected by someone with it. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. It affects him a lot. Like he says some wild outlandish. I used to do a podcast with him actually. Really? Yeah. That's my first podcast I used to do called the Mike Drop Podcast. And I love doing it with him. But he was so inconsistent because it was something always going on with him. Like every week, it was something different. It was like crazy stuff. I'm like, oh god! So it's like you can't really get mad at that, but it's like you know that's your friend you want to support him. But I'm like, like, look, bro, this isn't gonna work. Like <laughs> you're going through too much stuff at this time, and I get it because military, your mind is a, going a thousand miles, 
per hour. Like, he's such a fascinating dude because I'll never forget this. On the podcast, it was called the Mic Drop Podcast. As soon as Trump announced that he was running for office, he immediately told me Trump is going to win. And did you believe With, him or were you just like, oh. not at all? I said, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Nobody thought ridiculous. it was going to happen. <laughs> He's like, no, it's going to happen. I guarantee. And he explained this to me why. He said, because Trump is going to, one, Trump is a celebrity and people love celebrities. And plus, Trump is going to reach a base that people aren't going to even think about reaching who are going to go out and vote for him. And he was 100% right. So do you still speak to him? Yeah. Do, I what, talk to him all the time. Yeah. What does he, who does he think is going to win the next election? I should ask him. <laughs> I should literally have him on the podcast for two minutes, ask him who's going to win the election and then hang up. <laughs> oh, God, I don't want to hear his answer because I feel like I know it. <laughs> well, and to that, like I, whenever back in, back in 2016, you know, it feels like three decades ago, uh, I was going to vote for Trump because I was like, when Hillary wins and everyone complains about her, I could say, well, I voted for Trump. <laughs> like my plan was to take a picture of it and everything to be like, ah, I voted for Trump. And my wife, like my wife is, so she's mixed. And she was like, when I told, I kept saying it to the point to where she r- realized I was serious and I was going to vote for him. And she's like, she's like, you know, he doesn't like people like me. Right. And she said that to me, and that hurt my heart. And I was like, well, I'll be voting for Hillary. Thank you for... (laughs) And I did. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it was... Like, I don't know. It's funny because I just thought of it as a joke. And she was like, hey, hello. (laughs) Like, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. I hope we don't get four more years, but I feel, again, I feel like I know your buddy's answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping we don't either. Just for all of our sanity. <laughs> I don't know if I could deal with four more years of this nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's palate cleanse a little bit because I do have some questions about your your actual podcast. Like, How long have you been? Okay, first I'll ask how long the Delvin Cox experience has been going on. I want to say two and a half years now, almost. And how long? When? How long have you been podcasting? Three years, three and a half, maybe. Man, so and did it start with the mic drop, or were you doing both concurrently? I was. Doing, it started with the mic drop. Then when Al stopped recording, that's my friend name Al. I took some time off to figure out what the hell I was going to do. Then I started the Delvin Cox Experience. In June of 2018, I want to say. I know it was like June because it was around E3. That Really? Because I think the podcast I do with my wife, I'm pretty sure we started in June of 2018 as well. That's crazy. I think it, was like, it was like around that time. Might have been, yeah. yeah that, sounds, that sounds right. Either 2018 or 2017. Because I, I haven't missed the week of the podcast. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I literally have not missed the week because that was my whole thing. If I'm going to do a podcast... I'm not going to miss weeks because once you start missing weeks, people stop listening. Yeah. So I haven't missed a week yet. That's why I'm at 150 episodes now, something like that. Dang. So wait, so did you start as, when you started the Delvin Cox, well, okay, let me ask you this. The mic drop, was it just you and Al or did you guys have guests yeah. as well? It was just me and Al. So what made you, 
when you did the Delvin Cox experience, did it start solo and end up with guests, or did you just decide you wanted guests? I just started getting guests every week for some strange reason. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the first show had guests, the second show had guests. I kept asking people to come on, and people kept coming on, and it got better and better and better, and that was what it is. Isn't it crazy? Like, does is it lost on you now when people say yes to you? Do you know what I yeah. mean when I say that? It's kind like- of <laughs> crazy, and I've gotten to the point where people just straight up ask me. I want to go on the podcast. I'm like, okay. i mean listen not to uh uh you know give you too much of a big head but like you are like for me a high water mark and like a uh kind of one of the reasons why i wanted to start doing guests on this show because like this show dragging the table started as just me being solo and it actually stopped for about two months around um around christmas time and it kind of had died and I, yeah, I think I had pretty much decided it was over. And then uh, Adam Simmons actually reached out because, you know, he was having all of the, he was being affected by COVID and was trying to get on some podcasts. And he asked about the untrained eye. And I was like, man, this is a perfect opportunity to get him on <laughs> dragging the table. And I got to tell you, it was a lot of you because I do, I don't understand or I, I don't and I do understand the idea of just out of nowhere being like, I'm going to start a podcast. People want to hear what I have to say. <laughs> I will inflict it onto them. And then I'm going to invite people onto the show as well. Like what? It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's really fun. I like when I, I try to be as creative as possible with it in terms of like getting guests and stuff. So a lot of times I'll, Look outside of Twitter for guests, like try to look for authors and people like that interest me to have on the podcast. And then also I do things like the roast of Delvin Cox and <laughs> just get a bunch of people together to talk shit about me for almost two hours <laughs> while I'm dying of what may have been COVID. That, <laughs> that was amazing, by the way. Have there been, besides you and Almy, have there been any other roasts? I don't think there's been any other good roast. <laughs> I can't think of one that I thought was actually good. I've never heard of uh, any other one talked about other than those two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else did I want to ask you about that? What, what, I guess what kind of like inspires you to get some of the guests? Because I know you said you like to look outside of Twitter, but like, is there any... I guess not criteria is the wrong word. So I'll put it to you like this. The, the way to get that I got my wife in to listen to you was, I think it was in February. You had those three women on that were talking about their experience, uh, being black women at work and just in life. And Uh, yeah. yeah. And I heard that podcast and was like, listen, I, I have, I've, I love my wife. I have been with her for what? A, lo- a long time since I was what 20 years old and in all that time I have not heard another podcast where I had to call her and be like hey they're talking about exactly what you talk about happens at work and in life you need to listen to this right now uh, and she did and was immediately in so like what like for I love that by the way <laughs> like that's that's the whole goal and plan of the podcast so 
like wh- how do you get the idea to do it like to it, like that episode like what was an inspiration for you to be like all right i want to get these three women together and let them share their experience i don't know it's just kind of like things that just pop in my head man a lot of times i'm a very creative person so a lot of things just pop in my head like the idea of the roast the idea of the halloween special episode of the podcast where and that's weird and interesting and quirky where people are telling creepy stories that actually happened to them in their life and we're having a conversation about it and it's cut together like a movie. Those things just pop in my head. Like even the idea about the game show that I'm going to do is just popped in there. I'm like, want to get it done. When is the game show happening? Soon. I think we're going to start. I got to write the questions up now. <laughs> I'm writing the questions up for it now. Um, what I think I'm going to do is I think I'm going to just record a bunch of episodes like a like a TV show and then release them week after week for like two months. Well, That's people, the game plan. Tell people what it is, if you don't mind. It's called, <laughs> see, I'm trying to think, I've lost track of the name. <laughs> Culture Appreciation. <laughs> the, the whole concept of the game show is I am going to be the host and I'm going to ask people questions, race-related questions, and the person is going to be of a, another race, probably white. <laughs> I'm going to probably ask them questions about black culture. They have to answer it. It's going to be a fun way for them to learn more about our culture and to have fun with it. It's going to be it's a fun concept. Almost like Jeopardy with black people. <laughs> so is it going to be YouTube exclusive or is it going to be on audio as well? It's going to be audio too. It's going to be both. Okay, good. <laughs> Guys, like that's the thing. Do you Are you a YouTube guy or are you a... Uh, phone streaming guy or like you know podcast app i guess i am 100 percent a podcast guy but i know people who are youtube that's why i'm starting to release more stuff on youtube because a lot of i have a lot of friends who are youtube guys and they don't listen to podcasts but if it's on youtube they'll listen to every episode that's so is does that boggle your mind yeah it does (laughs) it really does like how some people are just like no i don't want to download a podcast app but you put it on YouTube, I'll watch everything you put on there. Like, man, Even you're... if it's just a blank screen with talking on it. Okay. okay, sure. I don't know. I've I've seen a bunch of people put up the just audio and it gets like no views at all. So I'm like, is anyone listening to this? <laughs> I always wonder. Yeah. Um people do. <laughs> I don't know what else I wanted to ask you. I had my five for five and I was like, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Good, because I'm running out of time. I got to get ready for PSXP in a minute. They're going to kill me. Ooh, I'm so sorry. This, this, no, you're great. This has been amazing. <laughs> I appreciate I, you saying that. I actually that. enjoy this show. This has been a blast. I've had so much fun doing this. Dude, I really appreciate you saying that because I was like, I don't know. I've never met Delvin before. I hope I do good for him. <laughs> this is like a mirror match <laughs> of, my, <laughs> of my podcast, and I love it. I like Come on, this show. I'm like, ah, oh, this is like, this feels familiar. I like it. That is the best compliment I have ever gotten. Thank you, Delvin. You're uh, welcome. I, I love it. Well, tell the people where to find you. And yes, tell all the people where to find you. Yeah, one funny thing to say first. Please. How was it recorded with Adam Simmons? I love him <laughs> to death, but he is like a fucking house cat. <laughs> he will be all over the place. What he talk? Okay, he'll go to one topic, <laughs> another topic. Then before he finishes that topic, he goes to that another topic. 
<laughs> so I will tell you this, Adam, I, I was so nervous to do that. And I did the thing that I found out right after that you should never do as a host and let the guest know exactly how nervous you are. And I just told him, <laughs> I was like, I am so nervous. I don't know what to do. And he basically held my hand through that episode. So actually, like I had the opposite experience of him, like uh, kind of shepherding me through that episode. <laughs> I love Adam and Def. I have an episode coming up. As soon as I mix it, I have, I have to have time because I have to literally mix this episode <laughs> with him and the Creatures of the Night podcast. And it's literally just two hours of them just rambling. <laughs> it's so <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> I just, you know. Dude, I want, I, you know what? I'm going to wait for yours because I was thinking of having all three of them on, but I feel like it'll just be at some point me just being quiet and then them having an episode of Creatures of the Night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And it'd probably be you saying, hey, shut up, focus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love those guys. Death, man. Oh, it was so same. much fun and so funny. <laughs> All right, Delvin, tell the folks where to find you, please. All right, go on Twitter, Delvin underscore Cox. Check out the Delvin Cox Experience anywhere you get podcasts. And check out PSXP, which I'm going to get ready to do right now to talk about PlayStation 5. <laughs> On anywhere you get podcasts. All right, everyone. And if you want to, you can go to Cullah.com, C-U-L-L-A-H.com. And that is where you can find all the music that was on this episode and more for free. Um, Delvin, thank you again for being here. I appreciate no you. No problem. I got to have you and your wife on my podcast now. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Keep dragging. Keep dragging.